0: Good morning, and we welcome to the program once again State Senator Jean Lysing, with her bi-weekly update on the current legislative session. Good morning to you, Senator. Good morning, Tom. And, of course, the legislative session obviously in full swing, and as far as uh, the pace of the uh, session is concerned, uh, how do you th- feel it's going, Senator?
1: I think it's been very busy and, and actually quite quick in some ways, seeming more like a short session than a long session, but uh, maybe that's not a bad thing. I mean, I think uh, the bills that are going to likely move are, are uh, being heard. And truthfully, the last uh, committee meetings will be heard uh, this week, this coming week now. And so, and then all bills that had started in the Senate uh, will have to pass over to the house and the bills that started in the house will come over to the Senate so um, in you know some sometimes people refer to that as halftime but technically after a bill passes both the Senate and the house if there were significant it goes back to the first house uh, to see if they agree with those changes and if not the bill goes to what is considered a uh, called a conference committee, where two senators, one from each party, and two representatives, one from each party, have to duke out the differences. And if they don't work out the differences, uh, then the bill actually dies at that point. Or if they do, it goes on to the governor, and of course, the governor has choices of whether to sign it into law, let it become a law without his signature, or veto it. So. Uh, it's amazing how uh, we are almost to that halftime point. So, but some of the priority bills, uh, Tom, that are moving that I think will will actually um, move it through the entire process would be a Senate bill one, which is the mental health bill, and uh, actually Senator uh, Kreider uh, from the Greenfield area is actually the primary author of this bill, but Senator Kreider realized, I believe, a few years ago when uh, in his kind of post-retirement from being a conservation officer, he worked at the um, Hancock Hospital as, as security and realized how many mental health folks actually end up coming to the hospital. And so he has really worked hard on this issue. And so his goal is for us to build out a system of certified behavioral health clinics is what they're going to call them. And now the other thing that probably listeners don't realize, but a few years ago, uh, drug addiction was also categorized under the male, mental health um, category. And so um, they now, because they grouped that together, there seems like there's a much greater demand for mental health services. So there are currently only 24 community mental health centers in the state uh, of Indiana. And I think uh, if Senator Kreider gets his way, there will be, uh, there'll be much more available. So when people either are afflicted with a traditional mental health issue, or uh, a person that they love is impacted by addiction, they will uh, more easily access services. So I think that bill, well, it passed the Senate unanimously. So that's how much support there is there. So I think that's a big one. Another bill that is moving that I think will uh, move out of the Senate this coming uh, week without not likely unanimous support, but this bill would be Senate Bill 4, and Senate Bill 4 also health, but this is the one that is going to work on uh, the county health departments and what they're able to offer and provide for uh, community residents. And so some people are going to say, what, they're trying to take it over? And that isn't really what's going on. Actually, uh, what's really happening is they realize that um, not all the county health departments are kind of operating at the same level. And we have lots of folks um, who are really not seeking the services that they probably should or could from um, the county health departments. I think when people initially think of county health departments now, they think of uh, the COVID issue. And this is be- beyond COVID. This has nothing to do with it. Um, but the truth is, um, I believe that there will be better guidelines from the State Department of Health. There's never been any kind of coordination between the state and the counties. They were, you know, and if a county wants to participate in this new program that is being developed by Senate bill four, they will have to opt into it and, uh, it will take the approval of the county commissioners and the county council. So it's a pretty big deal. Uh, and if a county doesn't want to opt into it, they'll get the same funding from the state as they do now. If they opt into it, um, uh, it appears that they'll, receive a significant amount of money uh, from the state, out of the state budget to better improve their services. So so it's, that's an interesting issue though, because some people think of it as being heavy handed and a takeover by the state. And it's really not that. It, people don't realize that we are really low in many categories of health uh, when you compare us nationally, and we spend very little compared to other states on our community health or county health services, so so that's, a, that's another big deal. There are also some health bills that are going to continue to be debated this week uh, because they, in my view, will be positive for our small hospitals. And so I have voted at the committee level against two of those bills. And uh, they asked, uh, the chairman of our health committee promises me that he is not going to move those bills forward if we can get the hospital association and the health providers to negotiate. They're, they're trying to address health care costs, and health care costs are uh, higher than any of us want. But we have to make sure that we don't jeopardize the quality of our health care and the availability of local health care. So that kind of wraps the most important health bills. Uh, If I switch over to education, uh, my FAFSA bill, uh, that's the bill that would uh, actually, if it moves through the House, would require all high school seniors and their parents to complete the FAFSA, the FAFSA, form that would allow them to qualify for uh, everything from Pell Grants to scholarships for any kind of higher education and uh, that is an important issue because many kids that think they want to go on to higher ed but can't afford it don't even look into it. And so I'm hoping that that bill moves. Also, uh, the 21st Century Scholar Program. The 21st Century Scholar Program is a program that kids sign up for in the 7th and 8th grade. And if they keep their grade level high, and when I say high, it's reasonably high. I believe it's uh, 2.5 out of 4. And if they stay out of trouble, if they don't actually... um, you know, get in any kind of trouble in school, they can qualify for free state tuition, which is a whole other issue. And then I have to say one other thing on higher ed, and that is I found out this week that Indiana State is offering uh, free uh, college tuition. And, again, it has a minimum grade requirement to be eligible for it, And I believe that's a 3.0 out of a 4. But again, if any of your listeners are listening and they think their kiddo might be interested in going to college, but they know it's just not in their financial uh, means to do so, then they ought to seek out what Indiana State has to offer because it is another one of our states. Uh, universities and i think sometimes people just don't realize how many opportunities there are
0: and with that we're gonna go ahead and take a quick time out we'll continue our conversation with state senator gene Lysing right after this
1: don't adjust your radio the sound that you hear is your stomach you're having trouble focusing you can't recall your last meal you're trapped in the hunger zone the solution batesville to go let To-Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To-Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To-Go, big city convenience, small town taste.
0: And welcome back as we continue our bi-weekly visit with State Senator Gene Lysing. And as far as some other issues on the legislature's plate, uh, what are those, Senator?
1: There are um, issues in regard to K-12 education. Uh, some of those uh, I don't believe will continue to move, um, but we will see. I mean, obviously funding will be a big issue for K-12, as it always is. Uh, there's a couple financial bills that are, uh, might be on the radar screen for people. One is another one of those priority bills. And it's Senate Bill 3, and uh, what it's going to do is it's going to set up a state and local tax review commission that's going to be a two-year commission, and they're going to review income tax and property tax. So we could only hope that this commission comes up with a way, um, I would say, to especially address, once again, the property tax issue. Property taxes seem to continue to creep upward, and part of that is uh, it's based on a value of homes, or properties, and guess what happened uh, just in the last couple of years? Those values have trended up, and so people's property taxes are going up based on that, and uh, it's not going to be a pleasant thing for people when they get their property tax statement. So I think that's... um, it's a pretty big deal, but again, there's no instant relief, and it will be a two-year commission, but I hope that they'll resolve uh, some of these um, issues when we see the values of homes and properties increase substantially. Uh, in the utilities area, uh, I, of course, I think I had talked to you before about how um, my bill that is going to require the Bureau of Motor Vehicles to report to the Indiana Utility Regulatory Commission the number of electric cars registered per county because we have this huge demand now already on our electric grid, the grid being controlled by an entity referred to as MISO, M-I-S-O, and uh, part of this demand is uh, It's in question how they're going to continue to cover it as uh, coal-fired plants are retired from the pressure of many people thinking we need to go green. And uh, as a result, coal has been a very, very dependable source of electric energy in Indiana. So um, I think that this issue, my bill, Senate Bill 9, is going to be scheduled for this week in utilities. And I'm not sure what the chairman, uh, how he will amend this bill. My bill starting out as being one that uh, says that the utility companies can't retire early or prematurely coal-fired plants before they really age out. And they can't take something called accelerated depreciation, which is a monetary advantage for the utilities. So uh, I'm anxious to see. What the chairman uh, will want to do with this bill, the utility companies do not like that bill because they don't want us uh, interfering with their business in a sense. But I'm concerned about the cost of utilities for my constituents as well as the dependability and reliability. We all want to keep our lights on. We all want, um, you know, our furnace fans to run or our electric heat to, to work constantly. Uh, manufacturers can't afford interruptions in electric service. Uh so uh you know it's it's an in inter- lots of interesting issues out there Tom.
0: Indeed. And uh, so uh, as you said the uh getting uh, close to uh, what they call halftime and uh you uh, went through uh, of course the, the legislative process and so forth but uh And, of course, coming up tomorrow morning from 8.30 until 10 o'clock, it will be the Greensburg-Decatur County Chamber of Commerce sponsoring the 2023 legislative update, and that will be taking place at Greensburg City Hall. And uh, I imagine we'll uh, probably see you there tomorrow morning, Senator Lysing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm assuming uh, that there will be a couple of representatives there as well. I'm sure that they've been invited. And, you know, one might wonder why I'm not talking about what is going on in the House, but in this first week of session, we really only see those bills that uh, have started in uh, the Senate or are on our side of the building. And it's not like there's a big wall down the middle of the State House, but in a sense, uh, the first weeks. It almost seems that way because we really know very little about what the House is doing. But now that will all change week after next when we start hearing each other's bills. So um, I think tomorrow will be an interesting time for people that are interested in their their government because uh, they can hear then firsthand uh, what bills are actually moving uh, in our House and uh, what will likely... uh, be headed over to the Senate for
0: further consideration, and uh, also the uh, great thing is that uh, folks can uh, ask questions. Q uh, and A Q&A session will be set up after uh, you and your uh, colleagues uh, over on the House, uh, over in the House uh, chamber, um, discuss uh, w- what bills you've uh, authored, or support, or oppose.
1: That's exactly right, uh, and so I think that um, you know. All of those are great opportunities for people that, because, you know, when we talk about what bills are moving and whatever, there's somebody that's out there listening that says, well, she never even mentioned XYZ bill. And that's the bill they were hoping to hear about today. And, you know, I think that uh, if they do uh, come tomorrow, they can try to catch up on, you know, many bills, Tom, don't survive the process. I'm gonna say that of the nearly 500 bills that were filed in the Senate, my guess is, um, oh gosh, there may be uh, 200 or so of those bills that actually move over to the House. I'll know uh, by the next time that I talk to you. Uh, But then actually, even of those bills, only probably half of those will make it to the governor's desk and people might say well gee is that good well it probably is good because if every bill every idea that someone had as a legislator passed uh, we would have so much legislation on the books that if some people would say is maybe you wouldn't feel like you could breathe anymore so we don't want to overly legislate over excessively but we do need to address those issues that are concerning the majority of our constituents. The other thing I was going to say is to give people my uh, toll-free number again. If they do have an issue and can't make it tomorrow, that number, uh, calling at the state house is 1-800-382-9467. one 382 9467 And they would then ask for my legislative assistant, Carolyn, and she will make sure that I get that message. And I think this time of the year when it's busy, that is actually a better way to get a message to me than just emailing. So I just wanted to throw that in there in case someone uh, can't get there tomorrow and they have an issue that they're really concerned about.
0: All right. Sounds good. Well, as always, uh, State Senator Gene Lysing, we appreciate your time. Stay well. We uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow and uh, look forward to hearing from you once again in uh, about two weeks.
1: Yeah, it's great, Tom. Thank you so much.